tornadoes to hurricanes, blizzards, and everything in between, you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Stormfront Freaks are former television meteorologist Mark Massaro, atmospheric science graduate and skyworn storm spotter Brady Harris, digital meteorologist and weather producer on the Weather Channel app Dina Knightley, former on-camera meteorologist at the Weather Channel Kim Cunningham, Emmy-winning storm chaser and photographer Chris Sanner, and I'm your announcer and Skywarn Network coordinator Mark Johnson. Now, here's the moderator of the Stormfront Freaks podcast, Skywarn storm spotter and chaser Phil Johnson. Welcome to the most entertaining weather podcast on your listening and viewing device. This is the Stormfront Freaks podcast. If you're a first-time listener, uh, we always want to thank you for stopping by. Be, be sure to go to stormfrontfreaks.com. Check out the library that we have of all the previous shows and famous guests from the weather industry. But tonight, this is episode 52. And, and what's great about tonight is we are celebrating our first in a series of women in chasing shows with highly respected storm chasers and photographers. We've got Jennifer uh, Brindley Ubel out of Wisconsin. We've got Beth Allen up in Canada. And Jennifer Stark, who's been active recently uh, down in Texas as well. So we're looking forward to hearing their favorite stories uh, and also some of their chasing routines. And we'll, we're going to have a chance to mix in our lightning round game show. You're going to love uh, love what we have in store for you today. And stick around to hear our latest WX resources. And yes, we do have more weather fools to share. I even wore my... Uh, only you can prevent hashtag weather fools shirt nice. <laughs> nice. from Helicity Designs in honor of that. But before we get to before we get to our guests, I want to share some news uh, with you and introduce our co-host as well. Uh, we just advertised that that our intro song. We need an update. Uh, you would have heard that at the beginning of of the podcast here. Uh, so what we're doing is we're putting putting a call out to you, our, our musically talented <laughs> listener, right, to help create a new song for us. We need about 60 seconds of, of a stereo upbeat song or riff with no vocals, okay? And you can email your creation to phil at stormfrontfreaks.com by May 28th to be considered and what we're going to do is we're going to share all the submissions that we get. We're going to share those uh, w with our listeners, but we'll pick one of those to be our new theme song, and we'll share credit to you on every episode then uh, that that song is played on. So a call out to our talented uh, listeners to, to help us out there. Also, some, some news. Uh, for those of you that have a Fitbit Ionic, it's called the Ionic or Versa smartwatch. So Fitbit's got a couple new smartwatches out there. We are now on Deezer, which is an app that's supported by Fitbit. So you can download our podcast to your smartwatch and you can listen to us uh, free of your phone, uh, which is kind of cool. Uh, those of you with an Apple watch, you can do something very similar uh, through Apple Podcasts. You can listen uh, to us there. And Maz, I think I, I overheard you saying something about Alexa was playing you our... Uh, podcast the other day yeah you got to be careful what you say to alexa all of a sudden i'm like hey that's our show <laughs> nice. Hey, we sound pretty good yeah. <laughs> that's awesome so so that's pretty cool so yeah if you've got one of those fancy things just tell them uh tell them to play the latest edition of stormfront freaks podcast uh and you'll get that and and the last thing i want to cover if you've been hiding for the last few weeks and you, you you've missed that we now have not only signature t-shirts like our lightning round tour concert shirt 
and our hashtag weatherfool shirt, which I, I just mentioned. But you can now join us during our what are you drinking segment, not only with a shirt, but you can also now get a drinking container of your own. Uh, you can check out our exclusive <laughs> merchandise line, Helicity Designs, by going to our store tab at stormfrontfreaks.com. Now, are you wearing one of those tonight, Dina? Yeah, I'm wearing the what are you drinking? I got the blue one. I love so, the blue. Isn't that nice? Oh, it is nice. Got the oh. tornado with somebody drinking right after it. Not the best thing, but it, I mean, you know, it's funny. <laughs> yeah. it, it's, it's reminiscent of uh, that movie Twister, right? When, yeah. When um, Bill the Extreme chuck, chucked his bottle. What was it? A bottle of Jack or what was it? I forget now. It was I a bottle of something. Jack. Yeah. And it never it. touched the ground. That is right. <laughs> that's right. So, that, that, so that's good. And, and as a reminder, as part of our agreement with Helicity Designs, is every episode we're going to announce a new way to get an extra 5% off your entire order. Uh, so the new code to enter at Helicity Designs uh, on your order is FRONT, F R O N T. So if you enter that code at checkout, uh, you're going to get an automatic extra 5% off your order. How do you spell that again? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you don't <laughs> stand up. You know, I, I misspelled freaks a few episodes back. Oh, because uh, you were drinking a lot. Well, I, I was on number two, I think, already that early. But uh, so it's front, F-R-O-N-T. Be sure to check out their entire collection of weather-themed clothing, swimwear, shoes, accessories, and products, uh, all from Helicity design so hey it's always happy hour when we uh, record we invite everybody to step up to our bar and uh, uh let's find out what everybody's drinking tonight dina i'm going to start with you in atlanta <laughs> well i'm kind of boring today i have just a michelo but i did put it in my destin my foot puckers thing the best place down in destin i really wanted to make the ladies a wonder woman drink it's my favorite oh. especially when the ladies get on i didn't have everything for it <laughs> what were you missing um, all the juices like cranberry juice, orange juice. I had grapefruit or something. She just I actually had, had the alcohol. alcohol. I did have the alcohol. <laughs> I didn't have the juices. So all right. I, well, I didn't want to be laying on the floor. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. But Brady up in Columbus, Ohio, step up to the bar. What are you drinking? All right, y'all. Well, today, you know, it was, it was a little warm. It was uh, maybe about 80 degrees today. So today I had a little crystal light and a little rum. You know, it's not too bad. A little tropical. <laughs> you're so fancy oh you know me you know me. <laughs> all right uh let's hit maz down in cincinnati maz all right in honor of the celtics sorry did i say that like in honor of the celtics <laughs> how many did you that. have i just just popped the top that's the sad part but i came from my son's band concert so you can't drink till you get home right i've got that next well week. you can but i think they frown upon that but anyway flask. <laughs> exactly so sam adams again here it's uh my second Sam, two weeks in a row, just like two Jennifers on tonight. Right? <laughs> yeah. Here's double your pleasure. All right. All right, Kim in Atlanta. Okay, I am going to give an advertisement for the Burnt Hickory Brewery Company right up the street from my house. And this is called Digits. It's an IPA and um, it has a little citrusy flavor to it. So it's very refreshing. Today was pretty warm in Atlanta, but beautiful, uh, low humidity. So and now you get free drinks from there now, on out, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Okay, uh, very good. Let's, uh, Kim, I'm going to turn it over to you. Let's get to our guests. All right, very excited to introduce these ladies. Um, first, let's talk about Beth, Beth Allen. Beth works full-time as a school counselor and transitions to full-time storm chasing on the Canadian prairies 
in July and August. She is published as one of the top Canadian Instagrammers in a Canadian Geographic Special Edition book. Her photos have been published in local and national newspapers like the Calgary Herald, Edmonton Journal, and others. All right, Jennifer Brindley. Jennifer Brindley Ubel is a professional contemporary portrait photography photographer in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Jennifer began chasing storms from her home state of Colorado in 2006 and photographed her first tornado a year later in Texas. Now with chasing partner Skip Talbot, they've participated in interesting projects, including the IMAX film Extreme Weather as support crew for the armored TIV and doghouse chase vehicles. And Jennifer Starr, growing up in Tornado Alley, Jennifer has spent her entire life just obsessed with weather. She started chasing in 2013 and joined Texas or North Texas Storm Spotters in 2015. First as a chaser and then later or last year, Jennifer also became one of their forecasters. Ladies, it's so wonderful to have you joining us. All right. So, Beth, let's start with you then. Let's talk a little bit about your background and a little bit more about, you know, what got you interested in weather to begin with? Okay, so first, I grew up terrified of storms. Absolutely, like when there was a, a severe thunderstorm warning, I'd hide in the basement. Like I didn't, wouldn't even matter that it was raining, I would be in the basement pretty much, right? My mom's like, okay, here's a book, read a book. And so, you know, I was like, okay, it's not the end of the world. And then Twister came out and I saw it in theaters and I was so scared I threw up in the theater. Oh. Like I was terrified. Oh my God. And so, I don't know, somehow going from terrified to fascinated, just it just changed. And so when I graduated from university, my parents bought me like a storm chasing tour. Um, and when I went onto the planes thinking I was terrified of storms and you know, the first storm we saw, I was like, this is the best thing ever. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I haven't looked back since. Okay, <laughs> I got you so... a storm chasing tour. That's not fair. Come no, on. Right. <laughs> you're watching this. What the heck? Come Clearly on. Clearly they thought I wasn't going to graduate and we're just very yeah. excited. <laughs> you don't still throw up. So if we put a video up of tornadoes right now, you're not going to hurl, are you? No, unless <laughs> inside a storm and then I get terrified again okay, okay. Like, I, if i'm outside the store i'm like no i'm good this is exciting this is pretty but inside no it's just not a good scene that's cool though <laughs> i love that you're like a uh school counselor school counselor by day mm -hmm. storm chaser by night you know <laughs> well, but I, bet you, I bet you that helps too like anybody who wants to talk to you at school if you have a fear and you want to overcome it i got a story for you <laughs> <laughs> maybe or they just think i'm really crazy and don't want to come into my office because what is this crazy person going to tell them <laughs> i've never had south beth do you ever go into the states to Every chase year. Yeah, okay. once a year I take a you know one of those chase cations. Um, yeah. So it, it generally has to be the same time every year, right around our long weekend in May, uh, because I can't. I only get five days off a year that I'm allowed to choose, right? Mm. So, <laughs> right. Um, has to be the same time and uh, same person. Vanessa Newfeld and I go down, and a couple of years ago we got like Dodge City and Chapman and a bunch of tornadoes all in a row, and <laughs> and uh, so this year we'll be going down as well on the 18th of May. Oh, that's coming up good. It is. And you picked the best month to do it. Well, it's, it's, fingers crossed. Yeah. Because yes, both were both Jen Squareds. I'm just going to say Jen Squareds tonight. <laughs> like, are you both? Uh, now, Jen Stark, I know you said you were down in Denton. Yes. And Jen Bridley, are you down in Texas now, too? Uh, no, I'm in Milwaukee. <laughs> oh, you are in Milwaukee. Okay. Yeah. I know you were from there or something, but I wasn't sure if you were going down there or not. 
No, no. Uh, I mean, I saw my first tornado there, but that's because we drove there. So. Oh, I see. Yeah. Because Jen Stark, what did you see? You said you saw one the other day because we've had a couple days here of tornadoes. So what did um, you actually see? Um, yesterday, we chased up near Vernon, which is like near the Oklahoma-Texas border. Um, and we saw basically the most beautiful structure I've seen in a really long time. Um, we did not see it produce. I think it did at one point, but we got we saw the wall cloud and the mezzo and everything and several gust natos too. So it was a fun chase. That had to be cool because I just saw a video this morning that we played on weather.com of a gust nato and the thing looks scary. Yeah, sometimes they can. Sometimes yeah. like I was chasing in a dust storm one year and a big one came right in front of us. And at first you could just see it in the field and it looked like this big black swirl of dirt. And you couldn't tell like if it was a tornado or gust NATO, cause you're right there, you know, it's hard to tell, but the ones yesterday weren't that bad. Really? They're little baby ones. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> little baby All right. Gen ones. B. Gen, I'm going to call you Gen B and yeah, Gen J B. What J B and J S. How about that? but jen so jen b i'm starting with you i want to know your your most memorable chase your your most memorable day and and what made it so memorable for you that's a tough that's a tough call just because it's between el reno and pilger so I'm going to go with the positive, most memorable chase, and that's definitely the Pilger, Nebraska day. That was when we saw two pairs of twin EF4 tornadoes from wow. the same, and that was from the same parent supercell, and that was on June 16 of 2014. So that's the kind of chase that is seems like your wildest dreams have manifested in reality. <laughs> and um, it was such an unbelievable experience that as soon as the chase was over and we were driving away from the storm, I was just crying from just joy and just an overwhelming <laughs> feeling of awe. So that that one wins hands down. So what, what was it like then seeing that at the moment? Uh, yeah, what was going through your head? What were you thinking? How, what were you feeling at that moment? My heart's beating wildly just <laughs> thinking about it. You know, you kind of go back to that moment. Um, we were dinking around on some storms earlier that day uh, that were north of the Pilger storm. And uh, as soon as those supercells popped, they matured really fast and we were cruising south because we thought we were gonna miss the show. As soon as we cut through the forward flank of that storm, we all of a sudden got a view of the backlit wet. It looked like a wedge from our vantage point because it was two giant tornadoes that were I mean I couldn't see the separating point between them so at first we're thinking holy moly this is I mean the largest <laughs> tornado I think I've ever seen and that's after seeing the El Reno tornado which was almost three miles wide and so um, as we continued further south we saw the separation between the two and then we go wait this is even crazier that we have two huge tornadoes on the ground and then we were able to watch this life cycle and one tornado die and another form and another tornado die in another form and it's just it's like it's so surreal you can't believe it's something you're witnessing with your own eyes so it was magnificent <laughs> so have you ever cried after seeing a tornado before or since then i never had uh and it was I think it just takes the most mind-blowing, awe-inspiring scene and experience. And, and tornadoes are so, 
visceral. They're just guttural. You know, it's like you can feel them in your body, and it's a whole body high when you see a tornado. Mm -hmm. And then to see, uh, to experience an event of that magnitude, and that's a historical magnitude as well. So it's like Palm Sunday, but I'm getting to experience this thing that I can't believe is, is happening now. So, yeah, it, it's it's something that afterwards, you know. It, it was just a whole release of wow, this experience. Did you, did you ever smoke after a tornado? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know if we can talk about that on the show. <laughs> All right, so that's good. This Jen S, uh, Jen S, I'm going to you. What uh, give me your most memorable chase day, and what, um, what made it so memorable? Actually, I think it probably would be my very first my very first legit chase that was not a bust I actually went out with uh, Chris and Rachel McBee who had rapid rotation tours at the time and it was May 19th 2013 um, and the first storm we got on was literally the hugest wall cloud I've ever seen in my life it was amazing it was just churning it was amazing and then we went and intercepted the Shawnee storm after it had, it had started to rope out at that point but that was my first legit storm chase, and I have not looked back since. <laughs> really? Yeah. So that so so have you? Um, so so you ha you feel like you just you haven't had a chance to meet that experience? Oh was no! It feeling I, was it the feeling that you had that you just haven't well, replaced yet? We got we kind of got a little close to to the Shawnee tornado, and so I was like, I got a little nervous at first. And I've realized since then, like I've been chasing so much since then and in such intense situations, the weirdest thing is that when it's an intense situation, I, I just calm down. Like last year we were chasing in a bow echo. We were coming home from, I think Cordell. Um, and there was a bow echo with 90 to hundred mile an hour straight line winds and embedded rotations. And I was just like, we're good. It was fun. <laughs> we're good. Wow. Yeah, every case, honestly. Is, is amazing. You see something different every time. Great. Mm -mm. All right, Beth, your, your turn. Most memorable chase day and why? Okay, so it's going to be Canadian because, you know, I'm here because, as representing Canada. <laughs> um, so um, oh. July 4th, it's like nine o'clock at night, right? We've been sort of looking at models. Braden Morso and I were sort of texting back and forth being like, ah, I don't know, Saskatchewan could do something. Um, we're about oh, I don't know, maybe like a 10 hour drive from Saskatchewan. So it's like a sort of a commitment. And he's like, no, no, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. And I'm like, ah, like it looks like high based hailer, not really something worth driving 10 hours for. He's like, no, we're going to go. So we, I picked him up at nine o'clock at night and we drove overnight into Saskatchewan and told no one that we were going because we're wow. like, you know what? We're going to bust. It's going to be so embarrassing when we admit to everyone that we just drove to Saskatchewan overnight. <laughs> anyway, we slept for like three hours hours woke up went outside looked and you know drove i don't know half an hour away from saskatoon and there's this huge giant shelf cloud already We're like oh no like this is terrible all of a sudden you know it wraps up and we start heading south we cut through a bunch of cores we get a text from Braden's friend nevin um with a picture being because we at that point sort of told a few people where we were with a picture of spotter net or uh, radar scope velocities and where we were and immediately to our left was like a huge just very clearly a tornado <laughs> in progress <laughs> and uh that day um we ended up seeing six or seven tornadoes and nobody was wow. expecting it <laughs> so beautiful 
incredible visibility tornadoes. We hadn't told anyone. So it's like, you know, tornado, we call it in. Environment Canada didn't even really know what was going on. They're like, what, where? <laughs> We're like, yeah, seriously, it's here. Wow. And, uh, and then, you know, you got to turn your spot on on radar scope or your dot on on radar scope. And everyone's like, oh my God. And so I think we were one of like maybe three chasers that day to actually see all of those tornadoes, which wow. is pretty cool. Wow. <laughs> it's to say you drove overnight for something and it actually happened. Wow. You're like, why didn't we tell somebody, darn it? <laughs> well, <laughs> we no, there, they would have so. jinxed it. They would have yes. jinxed it. Oh, that's it. true. Good point, yeah. Dina. So it got to, got to just be us, and it was it was nice. You know, no traffic, no. <laughs> well, that's true. By telling other people, they might have joined. They might have tried to follow you guys or something. And, yeah, yeah, I mean, there's not there's not many storm chasers in Canada, so even if you told everyone, there may be like 30 <laughs> people on the storm, right? But, <laughs> Wait, does, that, does Saskatchewan that? actually have traffic? <laughs> I don't like sometimes when like the big grain trucks get on the two two lane roads sometimes there's traffic at that point oh no but yeah <laughs> the roads are a lot of population anyway. right there where you were in saskatchewan like no it, no it's yeah. all farm okay yeah, it's all farm terrible roads lots of potholes oh my nice God. grid roads but like no pavement okay <laughs> yeah no but it was great it was a great day so i guess so Beth, with, with all oh, go, go ahead, ahead are oh, you good <laughs> all right so so I guess my question is, it's really everyone here you, with all these experiences, like, does it ever get old? You know, like seeing in, you know, like EF1 or EF0 tornado, like, is, is that something you, you ever goes like, oh, you know, it's just a, this is a little winky dink compared to what I've had. No. Really? <laughs> I think, I think a lot of storm chasers, um, experience, uh, you know, like having to feed the drug. So when you do your first storm chase and you see a supercell, it's like, oh my gosh. And then the next time you see a wall cloud and you're like, wow, my first wall cloud. And then the supercell isn't as magical. And then the first funnel you get makes the wall cloud sort of uh, insignificant. And so that, <laughs> that can be uh, an experience that storm chasers have. And then, you know, the EF0 bird fart tornado doesn't quite do it <laughs> after you've seen twin EF4s. Um, but I think I really encourage storm chasers to try to do their best to remain um, grounded and to remind themselves often why they fell in love with storm chasing in the first place, because it's the easiest way to avoid burnout and um, falling into a, a pattern of aggressive and over aggressive chasing to try to get that high back so hmm. good hmm. point yeah i would have to agree I, I never get tired of it i mean literally every chase you see something different you're having fun with your friends and it's just the best feeling in the world but i will say with the you know not being impressed by certain things anymore that also extends to hail and now <laughs> if i don't see four and a half inch hail i'm like oh <laughs> you know, but it never gets old. It's always amazing. What if that four and four and a half inch hail is hitting your car? Are you still impressed? Yeah. Is that no. <laughs> um, okay. hopefully have our helmets on? <laughs> <laughs> so Beth, I wanted to ask you, how did you become so knowledgeable? in weather because you're not a meteorologist correct i am most definitely not a meteorologist okay so i mean you sound like hey, you hey, are. Hey. i mean you sound yeah, like why you did she say it like yeah. because I, I cannot do math <laughs> so how did, i'm not a meteorologist you're self-taught self or do you have somebody helping you or um, so when i started those storm chasing tours like i was going out with roger hill and Stor silver lining tours oh, and okay. stuff 
Um, and I just lucked out because I was teaching. I had a bunch of days in the summer. And so I just kind of camped out in like around Denver for a while. And, you know, he, he'd be like, hey, there's storms. Let's let's go chase some storms. And I'd be like, OK, I'll pay you for gas. And and so he sort of taught me everything that I knew. Um, I mean, he's a reasonable person to learn from, you know, like yeah. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. A little bit. Um, and so from there, uh, just just did a lot of reading. And I mean, honestly, I still it's my stuff is like pattern recognition. I'm like, oh, the last time I saw that, good things happened. So so maybe I should go take a look at it. Hey, that, that works. <laughs> you know, certainly not an expert on anything except for, you know. Yeah, and, and that's what I love about all three of our guests because mm -hmm. uh, my understanding, none, none of you are meteorologist yeah. uh, or atmospheric science trained, which is great. So I think that's a great question to keep going down the line here. Mm -hmm. uh, Jen B., how'd you yeah. learn? Uh, I am most emphatically not a meteorologist, uh, wow. however, but um, yeah, the Put really cool the thing. <laughs> well, no, I don't oh, mean it like that. I wish I had the I wish I had the dedication and the mind for it because um, it's really challenging, actually. But um, I've been really lucky to work in close um, proximity and work like intimately with some really talented forecasters, and I've learned so so much from other people other people in the community. So my chase partner, Skip Talbot, who is ridiculously talented, like how lucky could I be to have this person to learn from? Uh, so that's primarily who I've learned the most from. And I certainly can forecast for an event. I can get us under a wall club, but he's better. So I want to watch him and learn from him. So. Hey, I think you learn every day. I mean, I've been doing yeah. meteorology for 20 years and I still learn something new every day. I mean, I really do. That's yep. what makes life interesting. <laughs> yeah. But I have a question for you ladies. Now, Beth, you said, you know, you started with a tour, but if somebody is listening or watching us and they want to go storm chasing and they have no idea how to do it, what would you recommend if they want to go do that? Like get online and search for it. And then how do you know if they're any good or safe? That's a good question. I know. Like, <laughs> I mean, I think you want to look for longevity. Um, mm. The people who have been around for a while are probably around for a while for a reason. And I, I'm a firm believer that that a good tour is a great place to start. Um, it keeps more people off the road. It keeps all that those you know people high on adrenaline who are going to do something stupid when they're driving off the road. Um, you know, they they get that knowledge around how to be safe around a storm, not even how to find a storm, but how to be safe around a storm. Um, but I really think, I mean, you ask around, everyone can tell you, like you know who's been around for a while, who seems to always be on the storms, who, you know, who has a decent reputation, that kind of thing, and, and just kind of go from there, I would guess. Mm -hmm. I always like to recommend the College of DuPage mm -hmm. because they're fantastic, and it's not just a, um, you know, an entertaining type of tour, a relaxing drive me to the tornado tour, but it's educational and you learn how to draw hand maps and you need, and you learn all of the forecasting wow. in that experience. So it's, you know, I feel like that's a more thorough experience. If you're interested in learning how to do it, um, it's a really great uh, resource in terms of tours. And where are they based out of? They're based out of North Central, Illa, uh, North Central Illinois, okay. and they do chase tours with college students but also anyone can go so if you want to go on a tour but learn how to forecast and learn what is a wall cloud and what is the structure and where do i look for the tornado i think it's just fabulous yeah that's good okay so do you guys ever i know with technology today and just you know with radar on your phones it's 
you're pretty likely to see something when you go out chasing. But I mean, are there days that you have busts that you drive home and you're really depressed about it? I don't know if you've ever chased in Canada, but um, <laughs> no, <laughs> it's a very different experience chasing in Canada than chasing in the States. Um, we're pretty much, you know, we have, we have like long range, low resolution radar. Um, we have some velocity, but only around cities. And then otherwise we have whatever visual, like sort of satellite we can get. Um, and that's pretty much it. We have no mesoanalysis. Wow. We have no like, you know, HRRR, you know, those. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's a bummer, yeah. So you really, it's, it's a good way to learn because you go out and unless you can read what the skies are doing and see what visible satellites showing you, um, you're probably going to find nothing. Um, <laughs> or you could find yourself in the middle of a tornado, right? I mean, yeah. that, that Just could be dangerous. Surprise. Well, yeah, because our, our radar updates every like 16 minutes. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh, oh, yeah. that's bad. That <laughs> so you bad. could be in a tornado and out of the tornado by the time you see it on radar. <laughs> Crazy. So, I mean, you, we have, especially when I started, I had lots of drives where I was like, and blue sky. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fun with friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In the States, it's, I think, a little different, maybe. <laughs> sometimes. I mean, we do have bus sometimes, you know, but I don't really get depressed about it because I always have so much fun with everyone. You know, I'm always chasing with people from my team or friends, various friends, and we always have such a good time. So if we see nothing, as long as we didn't drive to the panhandle to see nothing, then it's okay. Twelve hours round trip one time for nothing. <laughs> but I got a sunset, so you know. <laughs> had a few had a few roller dogs on the way. I got to eat some Taco Bell. That's right. <laughs> hey, here, here's the challenge with doing an audio podcast uh, with Storm Chasers is obviously we don't have the ability to actually visually see everything. So I do want to make sure uh, that we let our listeners know where they can uh, follow you and see all your uh, storm photos and all that good stuff. So I'm going to start, Beth, with you. Uh, where where are you on social media? So um, I'm most active on Twitter, but I have Instagram too, and they're the same usernames. Um, it was a terrible username choice, but I didn't realize I'd be telling everyone about it when I created it. So I'll just spell it for you. It's A-D-O-L-W-Y-N. And it's actually Welsh, so it's pronounced like Athelvine or something like that. Try and tell someone that. So. I'm glad you spelled it. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because <laughs> no, otherwise I am you just look up something weird. Um, and then my website is just um, being updated, but it's bethallen.com. That's easy. Okay, so that's easier. All right, Jen, Jen B. Yeah, uh, so my blog is pretty well uh, ignored because I have some content that's under contract. But um, if you want to see my work, you can visit my website at faceofastorm.com. And uh, I'm also on Facebook under Face of a Storm is my like weather photography storm chasing page. Uh, otherwise, you can just find me Jennifer Brindley Ubel. I'm on Facebook too. Okay. Cool. Faceofastorm.com. Yes. I'm writing these down. <laughs> Good. All right. Uh, Jen, Jen S. Yeah, um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at jstar79, so J-S-T-A-R-7-9. I also didn't know that I would be, I never, like, Twitter literally completely changed my life because I got I got to meet chasers via Twitter and find people to chase with, but I never thought I would be 
doing this. Um, but yeah, I'm on Instagram and Twitter is the same name, Jennifer Stark on Facebook. And then my team page is NTX spotters on Facebook. We never thought we'd do this either. So, <laughs> And Twitter hasn't changed my life, so that's okay. Good. You'll be seeing me getting on your accounts here. All right. Well, hey, it is time for lightning round. So this is our game show of brilliant questions for our guests. Uh, we always invite everybody to, to, to play along with us. Tonight we're playing a new game we haven't played before. It's Ooh. called To Tell the Truth, uh, which is a, a game show that uh, here's how we're going to set this up. So of the three guests that we have tonight, Jen B, Jen S, and Beth, uh, I'm going to tell our co-hosts something unique about one of them. And I'm going to leave it up to the co-hosts to ask our uh, guests a question, and the guest is going to answer it, but it's up to our co-hosts to try and find who is the person that's actually telling the truth and is actually this individual I'm about to share with you, okay? So uh, so here's the thing. One of our guests tonight was part of an undercover drug bust Ooh. at one point. And so, co-hosts, it's going to be your job to ask uh, all three of them, any of them. You can pick them, do what you want, but ask them questions because it's your job to try and figure out who really was involved in an undercover drug bust because the one who was will give honest answers, and the two that weren't are going to lie, and they're going to make you think they were involved in an undercover drug. Oh, this box. is this is going to be interesting. Yes, <laughs> so I shouldn't that, have had that beer. Is a scoop. Uh, so, so one of our guests was involved in an undercover drug bust, and I'm going to start, Dina, with you. You can ask the first question. You have to pick one of our guests and ask them a question. Okay, so Beth, was it in a school? It was not in a school. No, it was outside of school. Okay. Wow, this is going to take us a while if these are the questions. Um, well, this <laughs> Kim, is the first one. I'm, I'm, Kim, I'm good with this. Your turn. All Ask right. a question of All somebody. Right. Gen B, was it um, marijuana? I don't know what it was. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Uh, let's go to Brady. Gen S, did it happen on the TV show Cops? <laughs> that particular time okay okay maz maz your turn okay jen b were you on the side of the law on the drug bust or were you on the other side of the drug bust i was on the side of the law on the drug bust okay. good girl okay that's good all right dina back to you oh man um was let's see i'll go with jen s was anyone arrested? Um, yes, definitely. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. All right, we're going back to uh, Kim. Okay, so um, Jen B, tell me, tell me what happened. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so it's a little bit misleading because I was more like an accessory uh in the positive so i used to work at a hotel and i was at the front desk and this was when i was like in my early 20s um and there was a guest who was staying at our hotel 
who was like the subject of the drug bust. So we were working with the police officers during the time that all of this went down. And so we had to work with them in keeping the guest isolated and keeping people off of his floor. And they broke his door down wow. and there was all kinds of damages. That sounds pretty good already. again, Good, okay. Brady, Brady. Can we can we answer it now? Yeah, I know. No, go ahead. We're not done. Okay. Go ahead. We got to get down the line. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, keep down the line. Uh, you know what? I'll just Beth. Was it you? Did you? No, you can't. No, that's not the question. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie and say Good it was us anyway. It was totally right. Me. Next question. <laughs> Next. All right, Matt. All right, Beth Allen. Same question. Uh, um, tell us what happened. Okay, so it was, it was a while ago. I was working in a, uh, a self-storage facility, um, which, you know, kind of has, has a history of being maybe a little bit skeezy. Um, so we had a bunch of cops who were investigating uh, this unit that they thought people were selling drugs out of and they were getting drug deliveries there. And uh, they, you know, the cops came in one day, they didn't tell anyone. I was the only person working there and they're like, here's a, here's a bulletproof vest, put it on and get down. And then, you know, had to had to set all the cameras to record properly and had to just make sure all the cops that were coming, because there were lots and lots of cops, all the cops that were coming in went to the right place. And I didn't know if they were real cops or not real cops because they were like undercover clearly. And uh, and yeah, they, they came in and uh, arrested a bunch of guys and there were guns everywhere and cars that showed up everywhere. And it was very wow. exciting, but I got to These hide behind the camera the whole time. <laughs> that's good that's good all right uh dina i'm going back to you i guess i'll go to gen s then oh what, well, what went down it was i think about five six years ago um i was at my sister's apartment we i lived with her for some time and she had a neighbor who had quite a lot of traffic <laughs> and it was non-stop in the middle of the night making all kinds of noise and yeah, stuff went down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, man. Well, I think we got the story. So let, let we're going to call it. Uh, Co-hosts, you have to okay. write the name of the person you believe was the actually involved in the undercover drug bust. Write it down on a piece of paper. You guys got paper? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, I want co-hosts write write it down. Uh, Dina, I'm going to start with you. Just just show us who who you think and tell us who you got. Who do you think it is? Gen B. Gen B, okay. Um, Kim, I'm going to go to you next. Who do you think it is? Gen B. Gen B. <laughs> All right, Brady, you're next. You got to unmute yourself. <laughs> yeah, my bad. I was, I was drawing a, a mural. Very good. Gen B. Wow. J.B. Fletcher. <laughs> Right. Wow. So here's what we're gonna do. Here's what we're gonna do. Could I please have the storm chaser who is truly involved in the undercover drug bus please announce your name? It was Beth. Beth. You little liar. So Beth, so Beth, you were truly in a bulletproof vest. And the bulletproof vest is what made me think no. Exactly. Yeah, that, that, exactly. 
Yeah, yeah it was, and they'd promised it was my, like my dad's self storage place that I was working at in the summer. Wow. And they'd promised my dad, they're like, no, it's not going to happen while anyone's working there. It'll happen after hours. And like, I thought it's Canada. In the afternoon. It's Canada. <laughs> <laughs> they, they had to make sure you weren't an informant. That was, that right. was the important part. That's, yeah, like, no. that's like dumb and dumber. It's like, what if they shot you in the face? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> it's like, here, hide behind this counter that's not at all bulletproof. Have a two small bulletproof vest that will work <laughs> oh man interesting well good time well ladies you did a great job with that thank Those you are good stories uh, yeah. seriously. Nice well story. done all right well hey we're gonna we're gonna take a short break if you're listening to the audio podcast you'll get to hear the latest edition of the titan you minute with chris Sanner. Uh, but stay right here we got our chasers coming back to talk about their tips and trade secrets for the 2018 chase season and now it's time for the titan you minute with Chris Sanner. There are a variety of reasons you might want to get into storm chasing, but one of the biggest go-to reasons for many is to see the wildest weather on the planet up close and personal. There's a lot of ways to chase, and there's a lot of different patterns, and there's a lot of different places. Today, let's talk about the three best regions to chase storms. Now, this is a completely subjective opinion, but it's based upon areas that see storms frequently, has a chaseable area, and, well, it has in the past at least, resulted in amazing photographic evidence of severe weather. Let's get to the list. Third on our list is Illinois. It's underrated for chasing for sure, but it should be mentioned amongst the kings of chasing. The road network is simply amazing. And there are always tornado events every year in this state. In fact, you may not know this, but Illinois clocks in with 54 tornadoes a year. Seriously, it's kind of a dream place. Second, on my list at least, is the area from northeast Colorado into northwest Kansas and western Nebraska. The reasons for this area are simple. There are plenty of roads here, and there's also a ton of storms. And... With that, there are a ton of tornadoes. Every year, something stupidly photogenic just happens in this area. This area is typically most active mid to late spring, make it in a great spot for slow movers too. First on my list is the Land of Oz and the home of Twister, the area of central and northern Oklahoma into central Kansas. This area sees the best combo of roads, severe weather frequency, and big, mean, violent tornadoes in the world. While the occurrence of strong tornadoes may be higher in Dixie, you'll not be able to get a view of them like in this region. After all these years, Kansas and Oklahoma still reign supreme as the place to chase. Do you agree with my list? Do you disagree? Well, let me know on Twitter at ChrisSNR. Also, visit the Tornado Titans on social media. Simply search Tornado Titans. We'll see you next time. All right, welcome back. Hey, we're recording our first show in a series that we're calling Women in Chasing, and we have our three highly respected chasers with us, and we kind of wanted to find out a little bit about what their plans were for the upcoming and current 2018 chase season and, and see if we can get maybe some good uh, tips that they might be able to share, maybe some trade secrets uh, that we all might be able to get to uh, improve our, our chasing and improve, as, as we're talking about uh, in the first segment, how, how everybody learned and got their skills and learning more about weather. Because we have a lot of people that listen and watch us that uh, are not meteorologists and are not atmospheric science. 
uh, scientists, and we really want to learn more about weather. So here's here's my question to uh, all of all of you. I'm, I won't pick any one of you ladies. What um, I, I want to know a little bit about what you guys like to to on Chase Day. What what are you doing to pick your targets? How are you identifying your your target for the day? I um, usually my go to is the her. I call it the her. It's the H triple R run. Um, and I literally will sometimes stay up all night because it refreshes every like every hour. There's a new run. Um, that's the main one that I rely on for initial targeting. And that's a model, right? A weather model. And then, yep, just to kind of help help clarify that for yeah, people that maybe don't know what the hell. Yeah, H and I triple. It's a short range weather fine on pivotal weather or even COD. Um, and then the day of, I always make sure and check meso mesoscale analysis, which is like surface-based readings, like winds, where the winds are coming from, dew points, all of that. Um, because a lot of times stuff will change rapidly and the models can't pick it up. You know, something as simple as an outflow boundary could make or break a forecast. Yeah. So that's that's my usual routine. Now, ladies, my, are you sorry? Are you sorry. dragging your laptops? Or are you doing now oh, with no. phones? You could do a lot on your phone. So yeah. are you dragging the laptop with you? I actually don't take my laptop anymore. Um, the the forecasting sites that I use they're perfectly accessible on a phone. Okay, and they're free too. So COD, I don't know the exact link. But um, they're really good sites for forecasting. Okay. And my advice to new forecast overwhelmed, like make a routine of things that you check on the models. And once you start going through it repeatedly, every single chase, you're going to start getting the hang of it. And then you start noticing patterns and you're out chasing and you see things happening and it just all starts clicking. Okay. Yeah, Mike, uh, for, a newbie, for newbie chasers who are looking to learn more about forecasting, there's a really great resource that I'd be happy to share that I find really useful. I even like to watch it as uh, a sort of start to the season refresher. If anyone's familiar with the storm chaser and photographer Mike Hollingshead, he actually created a forecasting DVD called Storm Analysis 101. Um, so if you, I know there's a link for it on StormTrack. Um, if you Google search Storm Analysis 101, um, I really strongly recommend it. It goes through the basics all the way up to looking at photographs and some more advanced forecasting information. Uh, and the COD link for the, and COD is what I use as well for all of my uh, models that I check out. So it's um, weather.cod.edu slash forecast. And also, I'd like to say Tim Vasquez has some really good books out. Um, in particular, there's a storm chasing handbook, and then there's another severe weather forecasting handbook. And I that's literally how I learned the majority of what I'm doing now. I mean, obviously, I was working with other knowledgeable people, um, but he has some great resources, and Met Ed does too. It's, I forget the link, but it's a website. You can just sign up for a free account and they have tons of classes on everything like spotter training all the way up to hodos and skewties. Oh yeah. Okay. Beth, how about Beth? How about you? So, what, what are you doing on, on 
chase day, I mean, target one. For me, it's it's so different because if I'm in Canada chasing in July, I don't have a lot of choice. Like there's not a lot of models that really extend up to Canada, at least up past like very southern Canada. Um, so we like we get the NAM and the GFS that we can check. Um, and then after that, it's visible satellite, water vapor, and surface obs. And you kind of have to have to pick your target. You're, you're kicking it old school up there. You ever want to know if you can chase storms? Like, come to Canada. If you can do it with that, you can do it Seriously. with anything. Really. So, so in the, the state, I mean, days. it's funny because then when I go down to chase, like for chasecation in the states, I almost get overwhelmed because I'm like, oh shoot, I totally forgot this existed. Oh my gosh, <laughs> where did I find this again? And I have to make like a list on my website, like a now casting kind of list, where I yeah. like click on each of them one after the other and try and remember which I'm looking for. But to be fair, like on the day of when I'm chasing, I just fall back into my Canada habits and I generally chase with visible satellite and surface obs, which is, yeah. I mean, the Met Kansas Mesonet and things like that are great for me because I'm like, we don't have that kind of station plotting even in Canada. So have you, have you ever like just picked up dirt and dropped it in the wind? <laughs> like, I tried. Lift your finger and hold it up. Like, I got no, it. You laugh, but I actually have to carry around one of those like kestrel things just to get a sense of what the dew point is where I am because wow. we can't really look at surface obs, right? Wow. You don't carry so, your own dirt, though, do you? There's plenty, there's plenty of that in Saskatchewan. <laughs> is there any plans to change that? Is it you know to get more you know sensors, more models up there, or there? Well, no models. I mean. We might get better visual visible satellite because what is it goes west or whatever is going up yeah. or getting started. So we may get some better stuff there. They've started upgrading our radar systems. So we'll get, uh, uh, they're the old ones. I don't remember what the name of the new ones are, but we'll get, you know, dual pole and things like that. But Environment Canada likes to keep those things locked behind paywalls. And uh, <laughs> so it may not be public even once oh, it, man. even once it opens up. Um, yeah, but you know so welcome welcome to canada at least <laughs> you're getting maybe like the rpm global like you know at least you get can you get that one because the there, there's a few you, you can better. get um it's it's sort of tough it's tough to find them and i sort of give up because <laughs> i'll just look at the sky and be like oh hey look there's a boundary over there right and, and it, you can see for miles so um there's a few others i mean there's there was a, there's a canadian one that is just awful that i mean we can get but it's basically going to tell you what is is not going to happen. I mean, that's kind of what you use it for. Um, yeah, because <laughs> like the equipment that you ladies take out, especially to video it or take pictures. What what kind of camera are you taking, and what do you use to keep it safe, like from the elements? Like, so I mean, you can't take a good camera and get it wet. So, what do you do? You could get it wet. I mean, can you? <laughs> most of them are weather sealed these days. Oh, okay. Uh, like I, I bring like Canon 6D and a Canon 5D Mark III and a bunch of lenses. I have these super cheap $5 rain covers that I'll put over it sometimes. Um, and then I have like a window thing that I can stick over my window and stay in my car and like stabilize it on the window. So if there's lightning around, I don't have to stand outside and get electrocuted. Oh, nice. Oh, that's <laughs> half the fun. What are you talking <laughs> yeah. about? I've had a few close calls. We're good. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I use. What, what, uh, JB, oh. let's, let's ask her because I know she does a lot of, a lot of photo stuff. Yeah, well, photography is my trade. It's my business. So I'm lucky because I get to use professional grade equipment in the field. And a lot of people can't really 
afford professional grade equipment, but uh, I am still shooting with older cameras. So um, I shoot with the Nikon D3S. That's my baby. I have a few of those. They're my favorite. Um, if you can afford to shoot full frame, I highly recommend it. You're going to have much better performance in low light. And a lot of chasing is low light. Uh, mm -hmm. And I shoot with, I only bring three lenses with me. Um, I like to, and I don't know if it was Roger Hill who said this, um, but it always stuck with me. You know, he had a good chase when you have a three lens chase. So I bring my 14 to 24 millimeter 2.8. I bring my mid-range 24 to 70 millimeter 2.8, and then my 70 to 200 millimeter zoom lens. And if I've used all of those lenses, I know I had a pretty good chase. So exp explain that to me. Like those different lenses, are those just different? Um, like if a storm's farther away, you use one lens, and you use one lens if it's closer. Is that what you're kind of talking about? Exactly. So uh, a 14 to 24 millimeter lens is wide. So if I'm up close to a supercell, I can get a broader perspective of the storm with a wider lens. Oh, I see. If we're if we're in we're kind all of, camera stupid. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. okay. <laughs> that's okay. And then the other end of that is the 70 to 200, and that's a zoom lens. So if I'm going ah, oh, man, I, there's a tornado out there. Let's try and get a better picture of it so it seems like I was closer. That 200 millimeter comes in handy if you're a couple mm. miles away. Okay, that's cool. And are your cameras waterproof? Can you take them out in the element? Yeah, so most professional grade or prosumer cameras are weather sealed, um, but I try to still avoid shooting in a downpour just because it sucks, but also because I don't want to push my luck. So um, just like Beth was saying, you know, I, it, you don't even need to buy the $5 cover. Um, I actually have like a stash of grocery bags. I'll, just, <laughs> I'll literally just rip a hole in the bottom of one shove it, shove the lens through, and then I've got open access to the buttons and stuff, and it's a really fast, cheap, easy way to protect my camera. Oh, that's a good idea. All right, Jen, Jen asks, what do you like to use when you're out in the field? Um, taking your I'm actually just now getting into DSLR cameras. I've been using, I know it sounds corny, but my iPhone, yep. it, they, they take amazing pictures, mm -hmm. um, but I also use a GoPro, a Sony Handycam, and a dash cam. Um, but yeah, I'm starting to get into the DSLR and it's a whole nother world and I, I love it, but it's, you know, with manual mode and everything, but it's fun. So what, so let, so here's what I want to find out. So I know we, we've covered talking about photos a little bit, uh, covered a few tips there, but Beth, uh, help, help out our listeners with maybe something that you, is it a little tip or a trick you like to always use when you're out in the field with your uh, cameras? Ooh, that's okay. So I guess one of the things. What's your go-to? Yeah. What's your go-to <laughs> shot to your uh, for, Beth so Allen signature? <laughs> there is no signature. It's like spray and pray for me sometimes. Right? <laughs> um, so for, for me, it's, it's uh, okay. So one of the things is, is to always like, if you're using a digital SLR, um, for me, at least, I always put my camera on aperture priority, which lets me sort of choose my aperture and then the camera kind of deals with the rest. I know lots of people like to shoot on manual. It gives you fine, you know, fine control over things. But if you're just getting started or you want something that gives you a little bit more control, find a camera that can do the aperture priority because when things get crazy, you can always have like a default, I'm putting it at this setting and I know the camera's probably gonna manage everything else rather than forgetting that, oh shoot, I had it on a 30 second exposure and now, my tornado photo is white. What does uh, that mean? I'm sorry. I don't know what so that aperture means. Aperture is like the hole. Where's my, there we go. It's like the hole in the lens. 
okay. that the camera can, um, that the light comes in through the camera. So you can change that. So it can be a bigger hole, a smaller hole, and that base that sort of manages your like your your depth of field and what's in focus, what isn't in focus. Um, you know whether or not things are blurry sometimes. Um, so by by telling the camera I want like a big hole or a small hole, um, then for me I find that that works well in landscape stuff anyway. So that would be my recommendation. Okay, good. All right, Jen, so Jen B, uh, you are the professional photographer. Uh, you got to have you got to have something good to share, right? Well, yeah, you know, um, <laughs> my advice is the opposite of that. Um, <laughs> but but so I totally appreciate where Beth is coming from because it's really intimidating to think I'm going to go from total totally auto controls to manual. Like, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. How on earth am I supposed to do that? So my biggest recommendation to people is to find a camera with manual controls and practice a lot before you get out into the field. My superpower is that I have a lot of non-storm experience with the camera and that is the thing that prepares me to have total control over the images I make when I'm in the field. So um, my advice is always to practice as much as you can before you're in the hot seat because that's going to give you the best edge to creating the images you want to walk away with and the only way to do that in my opinion is if you take total control over all of your settings and not let the camera make any decisions for you and everybody's different I know plenty of professional grade phenomenal wedding photographers as an example who shoot aperture priority all day so it's totally a matter of opinion and style and how your workflow is when you're in the field um, I'm a big proponent of learning all your settings so you can take as much control as possible. So is it good practice like for Brady if he gets a room full of cats and tries to get them all to sit still while he takes a picture? You laugh, but by the end of the show, I will have my cat up here. Yeah, pushing yourself with challenging subjects is actually something I highly recommend. Like try to photograph your pet in harsh light or in bad light and see how far your adaptation can take you. See, Phil. See, uh, good you know, it's, 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 it's guaranteed that cats are going to be brought up on the stinking show at least once every, every episode. Absolutely. All right, all right Jen S, give us, give us a little iPhone camera tip. Okay. Um, well, you know, obviously I'm new to DSLR. Um, so I'm listening to y'all's advice, which is amazing. Um, for iPhone tip, I would say take a, as many pictures as you can. Um, try and frame it, you know. Um, to where it's hard to explain that, <laughs> but um, also if you're videoing, definitely keep it steady because if you're shaking all around, that's no good. Um, there's cheap phone mounts that you can buy and put in your in your dash or even on the hood of the car, um, and that will help with stabilization for time lapses or photography or video. But yeah, I'll tell you what, I, I even bought a cheap old. Uh phone tripod uh, oh, yeah? once that I'll pull out every once in a while yeah. when I'm in a hurry and I'm not, yeah, I'll just, sometimes if I'm at work or something and I can get somewhere, I'll quick pop mm -hmm. it up and set it on the something. And Yeah. My, uh, Jeff Stevens, one of my chase teammates actually has one that goes on top of his camera so he can live stream to our Facebook page while oh, cool. pictures with the camera. There so it's go. double, like it's perfect. Yeah. So, ladies, if you had to tell um, a s person who's just starting, who wants to got buy a camera, and I know this, you know, we're not trying to plug anybody, but you know, not not too expensive, not too cheap. What would be one they could start with? What would you recommend? 
Okay, so I'm a Canon person, um, and I know nothing about Nikon. I'm Gen B can can take that can take that question. Yeah. Um, if you're looking to start, I mean, the it's it's a little bit older now, but um, because it's a little bit older and there's a newer version out, it's a really affordable camera and it does incredible video as well. It's really good photos. Um, is the Canon 7D like Mark One? Um, would be it's it's great because it can do videos and photos. Um, the other one I would maybe potentially look at, it's it's way less affordable, would be the new Sonys that they're coming out with, the mirrorless cameras. Um, but they're still quite expensive. So if you're looking for, you know, affordable, I would say the Canon 7D Mark I. Um, but Because how know. much does that Canon run, you think? Well, see, I talk in Canadian dollars, which means it's free for you all the time. <laughs> you got to figure out the conversion rate. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that conversion is. Oh, God. Um, you, you find them used most of the time, which sort of brings the, the value down. You can go on, like, the Facebook marketplace and things. And as long as the shutter count is reasonable so it hasn't taken too many photos, um, you can usually find them for, like, under $1,000. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, really, if you're trying to start off, be prepared to buy a pretty decent amount. It's a pretty decent amount of money to get a camera. You can find less expensive cameras for sure. There are digital SLRs out there that you can find for. And remember, that was like $1,000 Canadian. I don't know what okay. American. So and also, $5. <laughs> one, one tip I'd say is um, contact the chasing community. Contact your friends. Because a lot of people have stuff that they no longer use. And they'll either give it to you or sell Point. it for really cheap. Mm-hmm. And that's honestly how I would definitely suggest to people who are just starting out reach out to the chasing community because everyone, everyone likes to help everyone out, you know, and in terms of that, that's a, that's a good resource. And all of Jennifer's friends that are watching, you just heard that, right? (laughs) (laughs) What Jen B, what, what's your advice? Yeah, I think the ladies have already covered like all the ground uh, aside from saying Nikon, but yeah. And (laughs) what's really amazing is that the, cameras on our phones right now are phenomenal they have better they have better low light capabilities and more megapixels than my first professional grade dslrs did so if you're just shooting with your phone you don't necessarily have to feel unsatisfied with that unless there's something in you that wants to learn manual photography and if that's the case buy used buy used buy Mm -hmm. used don't Mm -hmm become a gear freak and try to get the newest, biggest camera. I'm a big fan of buying something that's super affordable. You can get a great, even a full frame DSLR for $600 range if you're looking at something like a D700, which is a Nikon full frame camera. It's gonna give you great capability and low light and then push that camera as far as you can, learn as much as you can about it and then as soon as you wanna make images your camera won't let you make, that's when you know it's time to upgrade. So real quick, I know we're running out of time. Um, just one last quick, one last quick question. So nighttime lightning photography. I'm dying to know because I've played around with it. And I just can't. And I know I've seen people take these incredible pictures. Any just a couple words of advice on that? Tripod and long exposure. Okay. Yeah, get a cable cable shutter release on your camera. It's not a cell phone thing, but get like a cable that you can plug into your camera. Just hold the hold the shutter open for as long as you need to to get all the bolts. Hmm. Oh, okay, cool. That sounds really easy. All right. So, uh, Beth, I'm going down the row. Beth, when is your chasecation this year? May 18th to the 27th. Okay. Where where are you heading? We fly into Oklahoma City and then from there, wherever. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Jen B, what, what are your plans? 
Yeah, so um, right now I'm in my third season doing tornado science research with atmospheric scientists, Dr. Anton Simon and John Allen. Skip and I have been really privileged to be a part of this project for the last couple of years. Um, our expedition dates start mid-May, actually in like seven days. Uh, <laughs> and you know, if the GFS is right, we may be heading to the Dakotas uh, around the 18th or something like that. And then wherever the winds take us through the third week in June. Okay. And then, and then Jen S, you're, you're down in the, in the thick yeah. of it anyways, but how, how far are you normally heading? North um, to um, well, the farthest I've gone is Wichita, Kansas, but this year we, my team really wants to go chasing Colorado, Wyoming, um, maybe the Dakota. Photos, uh, just because of the terrain, like we want to experience photogenic non-HP tornadoes and beautiful terrain, which is sometimes in Texas and Oklahoma, it's really hard to get non-HP tornadoes and it's really frustrating. <laughs> but um, I'm my next chase, I have no idea. I mean, I'm just monitoring the GFS which don't buy much into it, really. Don't you get just, too excited. You just go, you just go yeah. where the winds take you, don't you? Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> I may go on a chase tomorrow. I don't know. I haven't looked at the models yet. Very good. Yeah. All right, so, hey, we're going to keep rolling here. We're going to take our final break. You can refill your drink. When we come back, it's time to share some of our new and favorite WX resources and find out who else needs a hashtag WeatherFools t-shirt. Hi, this is Extreme Meteorologist Reed Timmer, and you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks Podcast. All right, welcome back. Hey, that was a great break, wasn't it? Anyway, <laughs> hey, we're back now, and it's time for WX Resources. This is the part where if you've got a place where there's a cool website or an app or just anything weather-related that's awesome, equipment, we've already talked about some of that tonight, this is the time for us to share it. So we're going to have Dina, our veteran, kick things off. Tell us, what do you have for tonight to share? All right. So I found a cool website, and it's got a corresponding app, and it's for lightning. And it's www.lightningmaps.org. So that's easy to remember. Um, and I think it's from somewhere in Germany because it's got, you can download on iTunes the um, app part of it. And it's it's got a crazy name. I'm not probably going to say it right, but it's Blitz something like Blitz Torn Tongue Live. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what it is. But when, you op when I first opened it, it showed it in Germany. But you get lightning, real-time lightning. Um either on the website or your smartphone or tablet and you can get it all over. Like, you know, you can look at it um, in the U S too. So I thought it was kind of cool. I, maybe you ladies have seen it, but uh, now that we're getting into severe weather season, I thought it was kind of cool. So it was nice. You had the website and you had the, um, the app and they were both free. And, and, and they actually cover Canada too, Beth. <laughs> well, so they say. Well, yeah, right now, I don't see anything country. over Canada at the moment. But it does have, like, you could see, like, I can see tons of lightning strikes all over, um, like, Cuba right now. And, I mean, you could see it all over. So um, I think it's kind of cool. You can zoom way down on the map, too, as you do it. So you should check it out. It's lightningmaps.org. And then when you go to that website, I can't even pronounce the German name to it for the app, but um, you can find it there and, and download it on iTunes. Is the virus free too? Probably. Okay. Just checking. 
That's probably. Blitz torn tongue. I, I can't even say it, but it's got a little cloud of lightning bolt on it right there. But I don't know how to pronounce it. All right. Luckily, the website's easy. Very cool. Thank you, Dina. All right. Hey, let's go to uh, Jennifer S. Jennifer Stark. Um, my resource actually is the website I talked about earlier. Um, for beginners to people that are very knowledgeable, it's meted.ucar.edu. And basically, you sign up for a free account, and they have all kinds of training classes, like everything from skywarm spotting to interpreting to everything. That and that, good. That, mm-hmm. Yeah, that web helped me learn so much. So I always like to recommend that to people. Okay. What was it again? Can you spell it again real quick? M-E-T-E-D dot U-C-A-R dot E-D-U. Gotcha. Okay. Oh, U-C-A-R dot E-D-U. Actually, uh, I've sent a request to a couple of the uh, the guys that had that up to come on the show, and I've they, they haven't bit yet, so because it's I agree, it's a, it's a great site. It's a great site. It is. It's because they're on Blitztrend Tongue right now. <laughs> you said it good. I couldn't even see it. Was <laughs> ist los? <laughs> All right, Jennifer B. What do you got? I, I do we even just take it away? <laughs> yeah. So um, this is actually a really cool resource if you're not familiar with it. Um, Skip Talbot is my chase partner. He's not only a veteran storm chaser, but he's a programmer. So a lot of times when you're bouncing between the models, you might have one day wished that you could access them all in one place. Well, your wish has come true because Skip actually programmed. Uh, he's created this website for forecasting where you can literally load the page and you can see the links to COD and it'll have the her, the rap, the nam, nam nest, et cetera, et cetera. Then the next section is twister data, then Earl Barker, then Noah, Jeff Duda, NSSL, SPC, and it's all on one page. So you can just click to each model that you're interested in and then you can just go back and it's all loaded and kind of located in the same spot. The other really cool thing is you can arrow through the model uh, the, so when you're looking at the run and it's by hour, you don't actually have to drag the slider. You can just arrow through, which is really, really cool. Or you can just mouse over. So, um, it's one of my favorite resources. And the address to that website is skip.cc slash models. I'm definitely writing this down. Yeah, I am too. Skip.cc dot models. Uh, slash models. Oh, slash models. Okay. Yes. You sure? Yeah, yeah. you, you want to get his weather models. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's it, Phil. I just changed my weather full. You're my weather full for two. <laughs> Which brings us back to Blitzton Tongue. <laughs> anyway. Hey, Beth, what do you have? Okay, so this is actually, I'm super impressed by this. It just came out of um, sort of private testing and it's just become public sort of within the last week or so. Um, it's um, created some of the same people behind it are the people who were behind, um, what is it, Sharp Eye and things like that, you know, the sounding thing. Um, so it's called Sat Squatch, S A T S Q U A T C H. 
Um, and it basically uh, gives you a map of, of North America and it overlays all of your uh, like goes visible satellite stuff. But it also does all of the if you subscribe, it's like five dollars a month to subscribe to it or it's free for the basic overlays. Um, it does all of the mesoanalysis overlaid on a map with visible satellite and um, all kinds of uh, like model parameters and just about everything you could want they're putting in there. And it's been really actively developed right now. So like I said, it's free for a subscription for the basic, even just being able to see a map with uh, like Go 16 overlays and things on it is, is really cool and very helpful. Mm -hmm. um, and then if you decide you like it, you know, paying $5 for the month of May when I'm down there, for example, mm -hmm. um, getting all that mesoanalysis overlaid right onto what you're seeing is, is really helpful. I loved using it all this week, just armchair chasing. So I, I would recommend that one. <laughs> Thanks, ladies. All three look good. I'm going to get them all. Yeah. Mm. I pay five bucks just for the name, Satsquatch. That's yeah, cool. seriously. Oh, fantastic. Satsquatch and Blitz something something. I can't Blitz Tonton. Blitz Krieg. Beth has this like, fill up. Beth got a complex. No, no, like I said, teenagers are way worse than that. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, ladies. And for the rest of us, if you'd like to catch up on what we just talked about and actually see them, go to stormfrontfreaks.com, episode 52 show notes, and you can check out all the latest information. All right. Brady, are you right, doing guys. Weather Fools? Oh, we're doing Weather Fools, all right. <laughs> now, now it's time for everyone's favorite part of the show, and I promise I will not forget <laughs> anyone. I know wow. uh, I know. Phil might cut that out, but, you know, whatever. Um, so let's get to the storm. Let's get to the Weather Fools. Um, so what exactly are the Weather Fools for the first-time listeners? So Weather Fools are where us as the freaks or our guests are going out on the Internet and looking for videos, tweets, um, even live broadcasts of people doing something not so smart related to weather. Um, <laughs> so we we've had a lot of good we've had a lot of good fun over the years uh, doing this. Dina, who is your weatherful this week? All right, so this one's fun. This is um, one of maybe one of my last winter videos, but it's called can uh, Blizzard Cannonballing. <laughs> and of course it's like you're looking at a house with snow piles almost up to the roof snow on the roof and here's a guy that's in his shorts no shoes no shirt no nothing and he goes this is blizzard cannonball <laughs> and he cannonballs right into a pile of snow and it's so funny and, and if you watch it it's funny because of all the reactions but i was thinking when i watched it i said what a dumb you know what because there could have been a grill under there there could have been a car under there you don't know but it was you worth the risk wasn't it it was worth there could have been a pole under there yeah there, <laughs> there could have been a very sharp pole under there but i love it there could you have been a pile of it. pillows. You don't know. <laughs> it could have been. I mean, it's not like, you know, Vail snow or Colorado mountain snow where it's all powder and you just go poof. This looked pretty, pretty decent, but uh, it's funny. You got to watch it. Blizzard cannonballing. <laughs> all right. That sounds incredible. All right. Kim, I understand you have a weather fool this week. Who is I your weather fool? do well it's a couple and i think they're just boyfriend and girlfriend and maybe not together anymore after this video i don't know but um this couple this was back in mid-april was driving down i-49 and this is in northwestern arkansas and they're just cruising down the road and you could see out ahead down the road you could see stuff kind of falling out of the sky and it's dark 
and the winds are picking up and they're chatting and she's the girlfriend on the, in the passenger side is saying how scared she is. And, and it looks like there could be a tornado up ahead and he just keeps driving and telling her to calm down. It's okay. Don't I worry about I've it. This, I've got it. It's great. Got it. It's great. It's great. Yeah. And she's freaking out and she is begging him and she's using curse words and he just keeps driving and tell her to calm down. He's got control. And then all of a sudden, they the tornado gets them and they flip into a ravine and they're okay but no um, he just kept driving into it wow. he just told her to <laughs> calm not gonna down hurt me. Not gonna right hurt me so that's, this one is so anyway the, so the, pro the problem was the there was no pool. gas station nearby for him to stop and get directions <laughs> direction that's, that's, that's right that's <laughs> on a mission to find that gas station but she was scared to death it was it was i was it made me scared just listening to her and i was panicky and thinking what is going to happen <laughs> here and, <laughs> and, and all of a sudden you know the camera just falls and and then the next thing you know they're outside of the car and showing oh my gosh that so, is a good yeah. one, Kim. I saw it. Mean, huh? like, I would have punched him in the face. What a dummy. <laughs> I don't think they're together anymore. I don't think they're together anymore. But that's well, gonna I take a ring. That's a default. You're yep. dumb. Yep. All right, Kim. That was pretty good. I don't know if I'm gonna okay. top that, but my weather fool actually relates to that. So it's not really a person, and mine really isn't someone doing something stupid. It's more just I, I read a tweet and I thought it was pretty funny. It was from the onion. Um, oh, some of you may have seen this. Um, the post was it read tornado creeped out by man who keeps following it in a truck and filming it, referring to a storm chaser <laughs> following around a tornado and almost stalking it. So I was, yeah, oh, pretty man. Good. I saw that. Pretty good. <laughs> that I was correct a few people on this show. Yeah. It's lonely on the road. <laughs> Very lonely. All right. Well, uh, I think that's it for our uh, Weather Fools this week. So if you missed any of those or if you want to check out the links, you can go to our website, stormfrontfreaks.com, and check out the episode 52 show notes. Nailed it. And Bill, kick it over to you. Very good. Yeah, and you can nowadays, most of your podcast apps, while you're listening to us, uh, you can pull up more information on the show right there while you're listening to us. And and I've seen a lot of podcast apps. Those links are all right there. So you can pull it up while you're listening. So that uh, I think that about does it for this episode of uh, Stormfront Freaks Podcast. Always thank you for listening and watching. Before I share the secret of who our next guest is, if you enjoy our show, do us a favor. Leave us a, a great review on your podcast app. And don't forget to subscribe to the show. Uh, you do that by hitting your podcast app. Uh, subscribe button. It's usually right there. You'll see it. Uh, it works just like a, a magazine or a newspaper subscription. It just assures that the latest show is going to get delivered right to your podcast inbox uh, the moment that it gets released. Uh, so subscribe so you can get the next episode when it comes out. Uh, special thanks, ladies, to you, Jennifer, Beth, and Jennifer. Thanks for coming on tonight. You're outstanding. Thanks, uh, awesome. Thank you. All right. So hey, our next episode in two weeks, we're going to be recording on May 17th with CNN meteorologist and severe weather expert Chad Myers uh, yeah. is going to be with us. If, if you'd like to watch the recording live, it's going to be at a special time. Uh, it's going to be 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 o'clock Central. Uh, check it out on our YouTube channel by searching Stormfront Freaks. And for Maz and Brady and Kim and Dina, uh, Jennifer, Beth, and Jennifer, I think I got everybody, mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to go ahead and signal the all clear, and we will catch you all next time. Thanks, Beth. Woo. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Ladies, be careful, okay? 
Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. To subscribe and be notified when new episodes of our bi-weekly show are available, you can go to Apple Podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app and search for Stormfront Freaks. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter at Stormfront Freak. We'd love to hear from you. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you're there, check out the interactive radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash stormfrontfreaks. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.